Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. And that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church. And when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. Well, welcome to 2022, and you've already been living it. Of course, today is January 4th, so you've already been living 2022 for the past four days now, and I uh, hope you've made the most use of your past four days, and uh, hey, we don't want to waste this year. We only get 2022 once, by the way, in case you forgot, today being the 4th. January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd are history. You're not going to get them back. And as a tear falls down your face, um, let me encourage you to make sure that we're using our year for the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. And you know, this year we are approached by many different things. And uh, whether it be life, um, well, life, obviously, uh, family, marriages, jobs, ministry, all these different things, and they need to be approached with that uh, thought in mind whatsoever. That means anything your hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. And so here we are, episode number 175. We are getting near the cusp of 200 episodes here on Sandy Creek Stirrings. You say, did you think it would last? this long? Oh, that's a good question. And um, that is a really good question. I don't know originally starting out on this journey um, that the podcast would have lasted 200 episodes. I was one of those when I started. I said, you know, if um, if we've only got like three or four listeners, maybe we'll just cancel it. And sometimes it's all we've had. Sometimes all we've had is three or four listeners, but we've ranged on, we've seen a lot of growth actually in the past two to three weeks. I mean, uh, these episodes are being hammered and I'm getting a bunch of different listens and all over the world. So appreciate you as the listener sticking with us. Here we are. Uh, we're officially entering um, a third uh, year. Well, of course, it's not three years that we've been doing the podcast, but we started in 2020. So we've done 2020, 2021, and now we're on to 2022. We just entered our third year that we've done broadcasting from. And um, so we've had a good time together. I hope you've been enjoying the episodes. Now, today you probably noticed is a Q&A episode. I think this is officially out of 200 episodes, I think this is our second actual Q&A episode where the whole episode is just devoted to questions. And um, as at the beginning of the podcast, I said I wanted to do these type episodes because here's the deal. You may have a question and you think, well, nobody else has that question. No, somebody else 
um, probably a bunch of other people, have the same question that you do, whether it be about ministry, about Bible, um, about biblical history, I mean, all these different things about Scripture and um, doctrine and false religion and dealing with this and dealing with that. And, you know, then some of the personal things that you now know about me, if you've been a faithful listener, you know, management and retail and and things of that sort um, that I can speak to a little bit. And um, so I said from the beginning that I'd like to do these episodes and um, but these have uh, been few and far between. And so here's what I want you to do as a listener. I want you to help me this year. I would like us to be able to set more Q&A episodes for the year of 2022. I think you would enjoy them. I know I would enjoy them. And so let me encourage you. All you've got to do is go to your email and type in joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com and send us a question. I'll receive that question into my email. And um, you'll notice that over the past, I think, two episodes maybe, Maybe I have not talked about going to the website to the contact form. Um, just a quick little insight into that. Um, something happened with WordPress and their contact form, and I've tried a couple different ones, and it's just a mess. Um, they've instituted some new codec programs, and um, it's a mess, really. And what was happening is if you messaged me through the contact form um, in the fall or summer of last year, I probably did not get your—no, I know I didn't get your question or anything because it just failed to send them out. There was an issue. And so now we've just deleted the contact form altogether. If you want to get in contact with me, you can message me through um, our Facebook page, Sandy Creek Stirrings. Or just email me, Joshua at Sandy Creek Stirrings. Of course, emailing me is going to be fairly simple because you can do it right from your phone. Open your messaging app, your text app, and you can send from your phone number a email or, well, a text to my email. And so simple, simple, simple way to be able to go ahead and reach out. But let me encourage you, send us a question, and we'll be able to compile those and be able to put them all out into one episode, and it'll be enjoyable. So we're on that today. Before we get into it, let me encourage you. If you would, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you um, listen on Apple Podcast, it's one of the few podcast platforms that you can actually leave a review on. And um, I know that Spotify is beginning a new program to be able to do ratings and reviews on their listening platform. I don't know if it's been instituted yet. I know I was informed of it because I am a podcaster. And uh, so I'll make that aware. Um, I'll make you aware of that. So if you do listen on Spotify, you can leave us a review there. And um, it just helps other people to be able to find this podcast and enjoy the same content that you have been listening to. So I've got a couple questions here for you today that we'll do our best to try and answer. And the first one is from Mark chapter 7, uh, verses 9 through 13 specifically. Had somebody send me a question. They actually texted me directly. They have my number. Not all of you have that ability. And no, I'm not going to pass out my phone number over the podcast. And um, But here we are, Mark chapter 7. Uh, verses 9 through 13. And they sent the question, can you please uh, describe what this is saying? And um, so we're going to try and do it adequately. Now, it's very important whenever you go into a Bible passage and you try to give the subject of something or you try to figure out exactly what it's saying, that you do it, as the Bible says, um, uh, line upon line and precept upon precept, as it says in the book of Isaiah. And so you always want to go back and put something into context. When you began taking... when 
when you begin taking a verse and ripping it out of context and using it by itself without checking the context surrounding it, uh, you could really be starting a big issue. Someone once said, and I don't know who it was, so, but someone once said that a verse taken out of context begins a pretext for a proof text. Then you say, what does that mean? When you take a verse out of context, right, you rip it out and use it by itself, you're creating a pretext. You're creating a, a premises, a, a um, hypothesis for a proof text. And um, what a proof text is, is it's a verse that people rip out of context and they use it to say something that it's not actually saying. And a Calvinist do that. Uh, Catholicism does that. A lot of these false theories and false religions have proof texts that are ripped out of context. And so it's very important. So let's start at the very beginning. In the beginning of this chapter, Mark chapter 7, and if you have your Bible, you can take a look at it or you can just listen. But in the beginning of this chapter, the Pharisees and some scribes approach Jesus, and once again, they're trying to trip him up. And so these Pharisees and these scribes notice, and you can read this all. Let me encourage you, if, you're, if this is your question that I'm answering, let me encourage you to go back and read through it as we're talking about it. But um, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they notice that the disciples are eating, and they have not washed their hands first. Now, this was a tradition that had been passed down. It's still one we tend to observe today. Not in the same way, but we still tend to observe, you know, you need to wash your hands before you eat. The reason we do it, though, is for germs and, you know, just overall cleanliness. Well, back then, germs weren't really known about. And so for them, they washed their hands. It was just for basic cleanliness, right? Get the dirt off your hands. But mostly it was done actually as an act of piety. Uh, humility, trying to show others that you were a humble person. And so the difference here, and here's the difference between their hand-washing and, and hand-washing we do today. The difference here is that the Pharisees viewed this tradition of hand-washing as a means of gaining position and merit with God. So if I wash my hands, I'm better in God's sight than you are because you don't wash your hands before you eat. That's the idea. That's the thinking behind this. And so in this, the, the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, the scribes, the people of the law in Jesus' day uh, became more focused on outward tradition than on the inward condition of their hearts. They'd become more concerned with washing their hands for a meal than washing their hearts for eternity. And so on top of this, the Pharisees began to hold tradition more than they held to the Word of God. And Jesus, the, who is the all-knowing God, knows what's in their hearts. And so he's going to approach this subject of tradition versus the Word of God. In fact, notice what verse 13 says as he begins to conclude the context. He says in verse number 13 of this chapter, he says, "...making the Word of God..." of none effect through your tradition which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. And so Jesus says, hey, you are making the word of God of none effect because of all your tradition. So basically what we have established here so far, all right, so we find verses 9 through 13 right in the middle of this context, um, but what we've done this at this point, we've established the context, what is going on in this conversation. Now, backing up to the start of Jesus' conversation with them, he begins talking in verse 6 with a dialogue on hypocrisy. 
And so what does he say in verse number six? He says, he answered and said unto them, well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And so he starts talking about hypocrisy. He begins to to point out that being right on the outside and wrong on the inside is hypocrisy. Right on the outside, wrong on the inside is hypocrisy. Just like being right on the inside and being wrong on the outside is hypocrisy. And so he talks about hypocrisy hypocrisy for a second, and then he identifies the central problem. They were so focused on tradition that they began ignoring the true heart of the Word of God. And so we can establish that by looking at verse number 7. He says, How be it in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And so what were they teaching as doctrine? They weren't teaching the Word of God. The Bible says there in verse number 7 that these Pharisees and these scribes, they were teaching the traditions of men as doctrine. By the way, does that sound like any modern-day religions? Absolutely. Now, there are tons and tons and tons, yes, I'm pointing at you, Catholicism, that uses tradition and what has been traditionally taught by the church elders as uh, doctrine. That's not the way we get doctrine. I don't go to any man. I don't care what he says. I care what God says. And so he continues this thought through verses 8 and 9. And so I'm going to read these because this is kind of the subject of the question. Um, Verse 8 says, For laying aside the commandment of God... Ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other things, such things, such like things, I'm sorry, ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. Now I'm going to read verses 10 through 13 to kind of give the context of what the question is. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother. And whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, a gift. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. I think the question really revolves around verse number 11. Um, What is Corban? What What is Jesus talking about? And that's the subject of the question. So, and Jesus, backing up just a little bit, he talks about they're teaching the doctrines of men as as a, or the tradition of men as doctrine. And he continues that thought through verses eight and nine. Um, he says they were laying aside God's commandment for the tradition of men. It was even to the point where verse number nine says they were rejecting God's commandment because of their traditions. That's what it says in verse number nine. Full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. And so they were rejecting all these things. Why? Because of their tradition. So then Jesus goes on, because Jesus was the master illustrator. He was great, uh, amazing, um, should we say otherworldly, um, of taking a, a heavenly meaning, a heavenly truth, and putting it into a very applicable story that everybody there could connect with. I mean, when Jesus talked about um, who he was and who his father was as the great shepherd, he would use the illustration of a shepherd, right? And he would um, talk about all these different things. You know, I'm the door of the sheepfold. He took it to where these people understood it because everybody knew about sheepfolds and shepherds and all these different things where he was at. And so Jesus was the master illustrator. So what he's going to do 
in verse number 11 through 12, he's going to take this subject, God's Word versus tradition, and he's going to illustrate it for them in a thing that they would understand. So Jesus makes mention. Here's this illustration he uses. Jesus makes mention of the law in verse number 10 where it says that children should honor their parents. In verse number 10, he said, For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. And so he goes back and references the law, and you'll find honor your parents in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. Part of this command, though, was not only honoring them in word, but honoring them in deed as well. This meant, okay, this whole thing of honoring your father and mother, this meant that the right thing to do for your parents was to help care for them in their old age. We as children have a responsibility to help care for our parents. That's part of honoring your parents, and a lot of other different portions of the law within the Old Testament required the children to, when their parents got old, they were required to take care of them. It was part of honoring them. It was part of the law. But here's what happened. The Pharisees began to do something different. They began, the Pharisees and others, they began to accept a Corbin offering. Now, you and I reading this, we have no idea what, what is a Corbin offering. We've never heard of a Corbin offering. Uh, we don't do that. What's a Corbin offering? That's why you got to go back and study the history of what's going on here. Everybody Jesus was talking to would have known exactly what a Corbin offering was because they were taking it back then. Okay? The Corbin offering was a vow of money to be given to the temple treasury. Now, where did they, where did the people? The people giving to this Corbin offering, where do they get the money from? Well, Jesus makes it clear in verses 11 through 12 where they got the money from. It says this in verse number 11, But ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corbin, that is to say a gift, okay? Notice where they got it from. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited of me, he shall be free. Where were they getting this money from? Jesus is explaining in verse number 11, they got this money from the money they should have been using to help their parents. So they had this little bank account over here. This is for when my parents get old, and I'm going to help take care of them. And then the Pharisees said, well, why don't you give to the Corbin offering? You can take the money that you're going to use to care for your parents and give it to the temple treasury. Here's what, here, if, if they could put a signboard out, if they could put this offering in the temple bulletin, um, the Pharisees would have said this, if you would prefer, you can give your money, you are going to give help your parents to the temple, and you will be free from your responsibility to care for them. Because it's a gift to the temple, you are free from having to do anything else for them. You say, no, nobody would do that. Yes, this was a legitimate thing going on in their day. And so notice what the Pharisees said once they gave this Corbin offering. The Bible says in verse number 12, Jesus points to the Pharisees and said, And ye suffer him, that child, no more to do aught for his father or his mother. You Pharisees are telling them that because they gave to this Corbin offering, they are now no longer responsible to care for your parents. Jesus said, that's not the word of God. This is your tradition. See what Jesus is doing? He's bringing it all back to pointing out your hypocrites. You care more about your tradition. Why are you pointing out my disciples not washing their hands and looking down on them and saying, well, you know, we're better than you are because we washed our hands? He said, 
Do you not understand that your tradition, you need the Word of God? Why did the Pharisees practice the Corban offering? Because it was tradition. What were they now holding above the Word of God? They were holding tradition. So this is the point of Jesus' conversation with the Pharisees. It comes down to, were they serving tradition or the Word of God? Were they more concerned with public humility rather than inward humility? That's what Jesus is pointing out when he first talks with them. The, the hypocrites, you serve me with your lips, but your hearts are from, far from me, he said in verse number 6. They were so concerned with washing their hands on the outside, about doing the outward things, but they weren't concerned with the condition of their hearts. So hopefully that gives you a little idea of what Mark chapter 7, verses 9 through 13 is talking about and answers that question. I had somebody else send in a question, and they wanted to know some good resources to be able to go online and be able to listen to some preaching. They wanted to listen to more preaching in their home, and they wanted to know what I would personally recommend um, for listening to preaching in the home. By the way, can I just put this out there? There's nothing on TV you're going to find that's independent, fundamental, um, KJV preaching. You're just not going to find it. It's not on TV. And so you're going to have to be very discreet and find the sources to where you can go and look some of these people up, some of these pastors, some of these men of God, and uh, be able to search for them and then listen to their preaching, knowing that you're getting the right kind of things. And so let me encourage you to do this. Before I give a recommendation, I want you to go to your pastor and say, Pastor, who would you recommend that I could go online and listen to? And that's who you need to talk to. Your pastor is responsible for you. He's responsible for caring for the sheep. And so I'm going to give you a list of some guys. Take it to your pastor. Say, hey, what do you think of these guys? Are they okay to listen to? And you take it to your pastor. He's responsible for your uh, spiritual care within the church. And so let me encourage you to do that. I will give you a couple resources, though, all right? So we'll go through this kind of quickly, but um, I got a couple websites you can go to. One is YouTube. I mean, how could you talk about this without talking about YouTube? And so a lot of the time when you search uh, a name on YouTube, all kinds of things will come up. And so, for instance, if you were to type in, um, here's a man of God we'll talk about a little later on, but uh, Pastor Mike Ray was my uh, personal evangelism professor at college, and um, so I enjoy his preaching. And uh, But if you were to look up Mike Ray in YouTube, um, there's a guy with all kind of car videos. Well, I'm not looking for car videos, and it's going to take me forever to find Mike Ray preaching. And so you know what? That's what I'm going to search. I'm going to search Mike Ray preaching. And so a lot of people, they'll go in and they'll type a name into YouTube, and they're like, nothing comes up. Type in preaching. It'll really kind of sort everything down for you. And let me encourage you as well. You can add a ad blocker to your browser. If you use Google Chrome, if you use Firefox like I do, if you use pretty much every every browser has add-ons that you can add on to your browser. A great one to put on there is an ad blocker. It cuts out all the ads and it also eliminates all the ads that it plays before, during, and after a video is done. Let me encourage you to do that. It's a great blessing. And the second website I'll give you is... Um, uh, of course, everybody knows YouTube, but the next one is SermonAudio.com. SermonAudio.com. Now, I'll say this, the Sermon Audio website, just like YouTube, has preachers of all sorts on the website. So naturally, I do not, again, I repeat, I do not recommend listening to all the preachers on the site. 
but it can be used to search for some of the names that you know that your pastor recommended or maybe some that I'm going to recommend here in a second. So let me encourage you to do that. Go to sermonaudio.com, and it's just a search platform. Here are... These are guys that I go back, and if I'm listening to preaching, I go back and I listen to these guys. And um, this is recorded. Let me put this out here. Um, this is going to be Tuesday, June, um, January 4th of 2022. I want to put this out here. I'm not afraid of this happening necessarily, but I do want to put it out there. Um, if any of these men move away from right and true doctrine, or they fall, then I reserve the right to, to pull my recommendation, okay? So I don't want you to go 10 years from now and, well, so-and-so, he's now a Methodist, um, and say, well, Josh over there on Sandy Creek Stirring supports that guy. I reserve the right to remove my recommendation at any point in time, though I'm not really worried about it with these men of God. They're tried, they're true, they've been in this for a long time, they've stayed faithful. I'm not worried about that. But I do reserve the right to remove my recommendation at any point in time, period. And uh, so I'll give you a list of a couple names. Number one, um, these are guys that I go back to on a consistent basis and I listen to their preaching. Number one, um, and these are listed in no particular order, um, but number one, uh, Bob Gray II. He's the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Longview, Texas, and their YouTube channel has tons and tons and tons of great messages um, by him. And so I go and listen to him. Again, that was Bob Gray II. Um, I'm going to run through these quick, so write them down. The second one would be um, David Gibbs Jr. Of course, he's the president slash director of the Christian Law Association and has been doing a great work there for a long time and a great preacher. If you've heard him preach before, you've heard um, some of his messages here on the podcast. I've played If My People, which is my favorite message he preached from the year I was born. And um, But just a great preacher, great man of God, always is able to give you an illustration and then just points it right back at you and kind of thumps you with it. And uh, so great one there. Another one would be evangelist Paul Schwanke, and that is S-C-H-W-A-N-K-E, Paul Schwanke. And um, there are, I think, 77 of his messages on the Sermon Audio site. And so just a great preacher, been around, um, been in evangelism for quite some time now. Uh, the next one, I said I was going to mention his name, and I will, uh, Pastor Mike Ray. He is the pastor of the Hopewell Baptist Church in Napa Valley, California. Great preacher, great man of God. Another one is Jack Treber. Uh, pastor Jack Treber, he is the pastor of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, of course, the home of the Golden State Baptist College, and a great man of God there as well. We've got Pastor Mike Wells, and he was in evangelism for a long time, then took over Parkside Baptist Church as the pastor in Mesquite, Texas. Of course, that's the home of Lone Star Baptist College. If you remember our interview episode with Dr. Jack Bachman, he is the vice president of that college. I believe Pastor Wells is the president of the college, but just a great preacher. He did a series, and I, I'm, I'm moving my mouse. See if you hear clicking in the background, but I want to look this up for you. Uh, he did a series not too long ago entitled um, Nurturing the Christian Home. If you go to their YouTube page and um, go to, I think on the playlist side, they've got Nurturing the Christian Home. Wow. Just great. I mean, it starts off with, you know, having a baby or picking—I think there's a whole message on picking a baby name. And um, just 
a phenomenal series and uh, just great practical stuff. If you're a newly married couple, you're planning on having children, and even if you're not, I mean, this is phenomenal stuff you need to have. And so that series was entitled Nurturing the Christian Home by, by Dr. Mike Wells. Um, the next one would be Pastor Kerry Nance. He is the pastor of the Southside Baptist Church in Tampa, Florida. And he supported our family for a long time when we were missionaries overseas. And um, But just a preacher that really preaches a um, from the heart. And he's not aw- afraid to wear his emotions on his sleeve. And just a great preacher. And uh, I'd also recommend I listen to um, evangelist John Hamblin. And that'd be H-A-M-B-L-I-N, John Hamblin. And uh, he's been an evangelist for many years and uh, just a great man of God. Preaches great and, um, oh, just good preaching. Another one is Dr. Jeff Fugate. Dr. Jeff Fugate, he's the pastor of the Clay's Mill uh, Baptist Church in, um, oh, I think it's Lexington, Kentucky. I don't have it pulled up right now, but I think it's somewhere in Kentucky. I'm pretty sure it's Lexington. And, of course, the home of the Commonwealth Baptist College. And um, so I would recommend him as well, Dr. Jeff Fugate. There is, if I gave you the list of all the guys I listened to, I mean, present preachers, like all of these guys are still preaching today. If I were to go back and give you a list of preachers I listened to from yesteryear, like um, Jack Hiles or Lester Roloff or Lee Robertson or Carl Hatch or Tom Malone or every now and then you can find some messages by Harold Henniger. Um, man, these guys were great preachers. The messages sometimes, depending on who they are, um, are a little bit harder to find. Sometimes guys like Curtis Hudson are a little bit easier to find some of their messages. But just great men of God from yesteryear. And um, so I couldn't give you an exhaustive list of all the guys that I listen to, all the men of God that I listen to. Um, it would take a whole episode. And uh, But there's some great men of God, even in um, my area, you know, hour, hour and a half, two hours from me that I'd recommend listening to. But we don't have time for that today. So that's just a small list of some of the men that I, can, I consistently go back and listen to. And, um, and I praise the Lord for them and the impact they have had on my life just through their preaching alone. And then many of them I know personally and so thankful for that. And so we'll answer those two questions for today. Got a couple others that we'll leave for another time. But my friend, I hope that you have a great beginning of your new year and use it for the Lord. Use it for the glory of God. Looking forward to many more podcast episodes with you in the very short future. But until then, my friend, hey, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.